Hello, this is Tushta Krishna Das, and you're listening to ISKCON Denver podcast, where you can hear all of our classes and kirtans. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and share with others. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Namaste Saraswati Devi, Gauravana Pacharani, Yervishesha Srinivadi,
Happy holidays. Good morning and Hare Krishna to everyone. We are reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 4, Chapter 7 on this fine morning, entitled The Sacrifice Performed by Daksha, Text 38. Yogeshvara Uchu. Would anyone like to repeat? Yeah. Yogeshvara Uchu. Preyanatin Yostya Mutasvai Prabhu. Preyanatin Yostya Mutasvai Prabhu. Preyanatin Yostya Mutasvai Prabhu. Vishvatmanikshena pritagya atmanam Atapi bhaktishatayo padavatam Atapi bhaktishatayo padavatam Atapi bhaktishatayo padavatam Atapi bhaktishatayo padavatam Ananya Vritya Nugrihana Vatsala Ananya Vritya Nugrihana Vatsala Ananya Vritya Nugrihana Vatsala Ananya Vritya Nugrihana Vatsala Would anyone like to chant the verse? Yogeshvara Uchuhu Yogeshvara Uchuhu Prayanatenyosti Amutastvai Prabhu Prayanatenyosti Amutastvai Prabhu Vishvatmanikshenna Pritagja Atmanaham Atapi Bhaktishatayopadavatam Atapi Bhaktishatayopadavatam Ananya Vrityanu Grihana Vatsalam Ananya Vrityanu Grihana Vatsalam Word meanings. Yoga Ishvara. Yoga Ishvara. Mystics. The great mystics. Uchu. Uchu. Said. Said. Prayan. Prayan. Very dear. Very dear. Na. Na. Not. Of you. of you, of you, Anya, Anya, Anya. another, 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 Asti, 
Asti. Asti. There is. There is. Amuta. Amuta. From that. From that. From that. Twai. 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 In you. Prabhu. 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 Dear Lord. Dear Lord. Vishwa Atmani. Vishwa Atmani. In the super soul of all living entities. In the super soul of all living entities. Ikshet. Ikshet. Si. 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 Na. 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 Not. Pritak. 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 Different. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Who? Atmanaha. 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 The living entities. The living entities. Ata api. Ata api. So much more. So much more. So much more. Bhaktiya. 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 With devotion. With devotion. With devotion. Isha. 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 Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Taya. 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 With it. With it. With it. Upadhavatam. Upadhavatam. Of those who worship. Of those who of worship. Of those who worship. Ananya Vritya. Ananya Vritya. Unfailing. 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 Anugrihana. 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 Favor. 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 Vatsala. 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 Oh, favorable Lord. Oh, favorable Lord. Oh, favorable Lord. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, Shri A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Shri Prabhupada Kija. The great mystic said, Dear Lord, persons who see you as none different from themselves, knowing that you are the super soul of all living entities, are certainly very, very dear to you. You are very favorable toward those who engage in devotional service, accepting you as the Lord and themselves as the servants. By your mercy, you are always inclined in their favor. Please repeat. The great mystic said, The great mystic said, Dear Lord, Dear, dear Lord, Lord, Persons who see you as none different from themselves, Persons who see you as non-different from themselves. Knowing that you are the super soul. Knowing that you are the super soul. Of all living entities. Of all living entities. Are certainly very, very dear to you. Are certainly very, very dear to you. You are very favorable towards those. You are very favorable toward those who engage in devotional service. Who engage in devotional service. Accepting you as the Lord. 
Accepting. accepting you as the Lord and themselves as the servants and themselves, and themselves as the servants by your mercy by your mercy by your mercy you are always inclined in their favor you are, you always, are always inclined in their favor it is indicated in this verse that the monists and the great mystics know the Supreme Personality of Godhead as one. This oneness is not the misunderstanding that the living entity is equal in every respect to the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This monism is based on pure knowledge as described and confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 7.17. Priya heed jnani no tyartam the Lord says that those who are advanced in transcendental knowledge and know the science of Krishna consciousness are very dear to him. And he also is very dear to them. Those who are actually in perfect knowledge of the science of God know that the living entities are superior energy of the Supreme Lord. This is stated in Bhagavad Gita's 7th chapter. The material energy is inferior and the living entities are superior energy. Energy and the energetic are non-different. Therefore, energies possess the same quality as the energetic. Persons who are in full knowledge of the personality of Godhead analyzing his different energies and knowing their own constitutional position are certainly very, very dear to the Lord. Persons, however, who may not even be conversant with knowledge of the Supreme Personality, but who always think of the Lord with love and faith, feeling that he is great and that they are his parts and parcels, even his servitors are even more favored by him. The particular significance of this verse is that the Lord is addressed as Vatsala. Vatsala means always favorably disposed. The Lord's name is Bhakta Vatsala. The Lord is famous as Bhakta Vatsala, which means that he's always favorably inclined to the devotees, whereas he is never addressed anywhere in the Vedic literature as Yani Vatsala. Om Ajnanati Nirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakshurun Militam Nena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadara Shri Vasadi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Panchakalpata Rupyascha Kripa Sindhu Pyevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Namaha Hare Krishna, dear devotees. Good morning. Uh, Christmas greetings to you. We are studying the appearance of Vishnu in the sacrificial arena to the delight of everyone there and they're offering prayers very heartfelt prayers for his appearance 
So today is a very auspicious day also where the whole planet, the whole Earth planet, they're celebrating the appearance of Krishna's dear devotee, Lord Jesus Christ. So it's a very wonderful day, auspicious day where one can be more meditative and prayerful and pray to the, the dear devotees of the Lord, like Lord Jesus, Jesus Christ. Please, uh, my, please, my dear Gurudev, uh, please introduce me to Krishna. Please let me serve you with love and devotion. So this day is surcharged and it's surcharged with the auspiciousness of the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. And this is actually the day itself, the anniversary of Krishna speaking the Bhagavad Gita. He spoke the Bhagavad Gita over 5,000 years ago in the battlefield. Um, he's giving him this knowledge, this wisdom on this very day. So all over the world, the sound of the Bhagavad Gita, the Bible is reverberating throughout the globe. So we take advantage of that vibration, that transcendental sound vibration. Let's look at the prayers of the great mystics here. The great mystics, they are referred to in the verse as Yogeshwara. They're yogis. Yogis, uh, Ashtangi yogis perhaps, these great mystics. And they're giving prayers also according to their perspective, how they see the Lord, their relationship with the Lord. Each person has a unique relationship with the Lord. These great mystics do also. This is uh, referred to also in the Krishna book. When Krishna and Balaram, when they entered the wrestling arena in Mathura, Kamsa's wrestling arena, there were a, a whole spectrum of people in the crowd. And each person saw Krishna in a different way. Just like here, we're seeing all these different personages. They're, they're seeing Narayan, Vishnu in a certain way. It said in, in that arena, when they entered, very confidently striding in Krishna and Balaram, the wrestlers they saw, Krishna as a thunderbolt. The common people, they saw Krishna as the most beautiful personality. The women, they saw him as Cupid, love, the God of love personified, the impious Chatriya kings. They saw him as a chastiser, their chastiser. And the yogis, how did the yogis see him? Like these mystics said, they saw him as the super soul the super soul in the heart. So these yogis usually, they're drilling their respiration and they're meditating on Krishna's Paramatma in the heart. And that is referred to here in the text. So each one, each person has uh, his uh, individual rasa with Krishna. Everyone has their own relationship with Krishna. Krishna is a reservoir of all rasas. So he's called Rasaraj, Raj, the king of all Rasas. So their prayers here, each person's prayers, it's so very insightful. We can see, uh, we learn so many things about the speaker, about the, the prayer, the prayers of the prayer. And they say, dear Lord, persons who see you as none different from themselves, knowing that you are the super soul, of all living entities are certainly very dear 
to you. So th there's mention here of the super soul. They see Krishna as Paramatma in the heart. And in the in the purport here, we're seeing that Srila Prabhupada, he gives us quite a bit of knowledge, information about these mystics, that there are different types of mystics. Even Shiva and Lord Brahma, they're referred to as powerful mystics. And then Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, he's called the master of all mystics. So in the purport, Prabhupada's guiding us here to uh, comprehend the verse by his mercy, he's guiding us and he's saying, it is indicated in this verse that the monists and the great mystics know Krishna as one, but there should be no misunderstanding that this one being one with Krishna does not mean we are one in every respect with the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So this monism here is based on pure knowledge as described and confirmed in the Bhagavad Gita 717. And especially as today's Gita Jayanti, let's delve into the ocean of wisdom of the Bhagavad Gita. So we are going to text 717, Prabhupada references where he says, um, this monism is based on pure knowledge, and this knowledge is described in the Bhagavad Gita. Priyo hi gyanino tyartam aham sacha mama priya. Krishna, he is speaking that verse, and he says, Tisham gyani nitya yukta eka bhaktir vishishyati. Priyo hi gyanino tyartam aham sacha mama priya. Krishna says, of these, of these four types of people, the distressed, the people who come to Krishna, who surrender to Krishna, the distressed, the desire of wealth, the inquisitive, the seeker of the supreme truth, he says, of these, the one who is in full knowledge and who is always engaged in pure devotional service, he is the best. For I am very dear to him and he is dear to me. And the mystics say that in the verse, they say, these persons who understand that you are non-different, but at the same time different, they know you as a super soul and they are very, very dear to you. So it doesn't mean that Krishna doesn't appreciate all the others. He just appreciates that one. Yes, he is magnanimous to all the others, the distress, the desire of wealth, the inquisitive, and he goes on to make that point in the following verse in the Bhagavad Gita, in text 18, where Krishna says, Udara sarva evaite, jnani tvatmaiva me matam, ashtita sahi yuktatma, mam eva nutamam gatim. That all these devotees are undoubtedly magnanimous souls. They have come to Krishna, they didn't go to anyone else. They didn't choose anyone less, so they came to Krishna. They have magnanimous souls, and Krishna appreciates that. But he who is situated in knowledge of me, I consider to be just like my own self, being engaged in my transcendental service. He is sure to attain me, the highest 
and most perfect goal. In the purport, Prabhupada elaborates and he says, it is not the devotees who are less complete in knowledge and not there to the Lord. The Lord says that all are magnanimous because anyone who comes to the Lord for any purpose is called a Mahatma or a great soul. The devotees who want some benefit out of devotional service are accepted by the Lord because there is an exchange of affection in that relationship. Out of affection, they ask the Lord for some material benefit. And when they get it, they become so satisfied that they also advance in devotional service. But the devotee in full knowledge is considered to be very dear to the Lord because his only purpose is to serve the Supreme Lord with love and devotion. Such a devotee cannot live a second without contacting or serving the Supreme Lord. Similarly, the Supreme Lord is very fond of his devotee and cannot be separated from him. I love this verse that Prabhupada has coming up here and from the Srimad Bhagavatam, famous verse, He says, the devotees are always in my heart and I'm always in the hearts of the devotee. The devotee does not know anything beyond me and I also cannot forget the devotee. There is a very intimate relationship between me and the pure devotees. Pure devotees in full knowledge are never out of spiritual touch and therefore they are very dear to me. So Prabhupada elaborates on such devotee. He is uh, speaking a bit more and he's saying these devotees, they do understand that we are one with Krishna, you know, the achintya beda beda principle, that factor. We are one with Krishna in quality. Our soul is coming from Krishna. We're part and parcel of Krishna. Mama Ivamsa Jiva Loke Jiva Bhuta Sanatana. We are eternally fragmental parts and parcel of Krishna. We are just like Krishna. We, we are coming from him. He's full of knowledge, bliss, and eternality. So are we. But there is a difference in quantity. In quality, we are the same. In quantity, we are very infinitesimal. And Krishna is infinite. The description is given also that the devotees, like these devotees here, these great mystics, they have this understanding they understand the achintya beta beta factor. They have this knowledge. But then there are some of these mystics who they do not worship Krishna, the supreme ultimate Bhagavan. So they're, they're more interested in merging into Brahman. They're more interested in liberation. Such devotees, Prabhupada uses the word less intelligent. He calls them the less intelligent mystics. They're interested in merging into Brahman or they're satisfied with Paramatma and they want some inner communion with Paramatma. And in that way, there is no opportunity to engage actively in devotional service. So, so these sometimes Prabhupada uses the word Kuto for yogis, that they uh, sometimes even uses the word pseudo for some of them pseudo devotees they're interested in a mystic yoga not for self-realization not for uh 
service, devotional service. They're not interested in serving. They don't want to serve anyone. It's like, why do I have to serve anyone? I'll become self-sufficient. And so they're, they're pursuing the path of mystic yoga, not for self-realization, but for sense gratification. And in that scenario, what happens is they flaunt their cities or mystic powers, and it's all for self-aggrandizement, and they get this subtle pleasure. You know, they're, they look at expectantly at the crowd, and they want to be crowd pleasers and show whatever mystic powers they have. So those are pseudo-yogis, Prabhupada describes them. And then there are these, like the Ashtangis, the Ashtanga yogis, the Dhyan yogis. They have this knowledge, and it, it seems in the purple that they are very much glorified. They are very much lauded. Um, in the sense that Prabhupada saying that they're very, very dear. And this perfect knowledge that they have, it makes them dear to Krishna. They're very, very dear to the Lord. So such yogis who think that Brahman and Paramatma is the ultimate, and they do not care for Krishna in his full manifestation as Bhagavan, they are lacking. Yet all of these are described as magnanimous in varying degrees, all these different categories. And I just wanted to give this analogy about the differences between Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. Two very apt analogies are given to show the different levels of spiritual advancement in these different categories. For example, Brahman is described like the Rocky Mountains. You see the Rocky Mountains from far. Sometimes you can barely discern it. It seems to merge into the sky and there's a very fine, barely discernible outline of the mountain. It's just like a hulking, brooding figure there in the back background. Is it there or is it not there? That's like Brahman. The yogis, the, the, some of them, they want to attain that Brahman and merge into it and be barely discernible to be one with the mountain. So that's um, equated to uh, Brahman realization, the haze of the mountain in the distance. And then there is a Paramatma level of realization where one approaches, one is driving and driving in the direction of the mountains. And then out of that amorphous haze of the mountain, they realize, oh, it's got contours, it's got shape, it's becoming defined. So they're getting more and more realization of the tattva, the truth of the mountain. So that's like, that's like the Paramatma realize, realization. It's got shape, it, it's got a form, it's got color, it's differentiating. And then they actually reach because they wanted to go on the, on the mountains to get away from all this isolation here, you know, during the pandemic. So they went and they passed and they went, they went in the mountain, they're inside and they're getting direct, firsthand, you could say empirical experience of the mountain. Oh, it's got uh, so, so many different features 
It's got vegetation, all different types of trees, shrubs, flowers, animals, butterflies. Oh, there's an antelope there. There's a moose there, you know, and they get the full realization. It's so, it's so much pleasure and, and I'm in it. I'm right smack in it, in that experience and experience and actually interacting. I'm interacting there with, with that uh, entity. There's that interaction. So that is compared to Bhagavan, the highest. So these yani, you can say, Prabhupada describes them in one of the purports here. He describes such yogis who reach that level. It's the, it's the intermediate level of Paramatma. That they are, they are magnanimous souls. But, and although they are very knowledgeable and they, acknowledge the Supreme Lord without that essential ingredient of devotional service, then they're lacking. So it seems in the purport they're being very much glorified and then it comes kind of like a, a surprise, at least to me, it's like, oh, okay. It sounded like they were very well situated here. These jnana, you can call them jnana, he calls them jnana mishra bhakti yogis. Their, their bhakti, their devotional service is mixed with jnana. So they're not pure devotees. And so then he says, yes, they are very, very dear to the Lord. But then he, he turns his tack and it comes a little surprising when he says, persons in, in, who are full in knowledge of the Lord and they're analyzing his different energies, they're researching knowledge of the absolute truth, in a very systematic scholarly manner. They know their own constitution. They're very dear to the Lord. And they say, yeah, yeah, the gyan is necessary for bhakti yoga. And then all of a sudden Prabhupada says, however, persons who may not even be conversant with knowledge of God, but always thinks of the Lord with love and faith, feeling that he is great. And that they are his parts and parcel, even as servitors are even more favored by him. It's, what? The bhaktas. <laughs> These are the bhaktas. These are the pure bhaktas. Usually when Prabhupada speaks like that, the devotees say that he's referring to Krishna's topmost devotees, like Uddhava, like the residents of Vrindavan, like the gopis. They have to tattva. It's not that they don't, but it's suspended conveniently to churn, to push on the pastimes. So they, they don't know. They know and they don't know. So anyway, Krishna, Prabhupada's uh, reiterating what Krishna wants. Krishna is looking for the love, for the devotion. It's like a lover. He comes and he professes his love to you. I love you. I love you. Why do I love you? Let me count the ways I love thee. Like the poem said, oh, I love this about you. I love that about you. And it's just kind of, of like static at the moment. It's very nice and gratifying to hear one's glorification. But it's like, are you going to give me a gift or take me out? Or are we going to uh, interact with each other? Um, are we going to get this, give this relationship a kick? kickstart and getting going. So knowledge is good. Knowledge has its place, but it doesn't take up the whole place in its entirety. It's got its, it, its place. It's there. So Krishna is making the point, 
that that ingredient is there. He's looking for love. Krishna is Atmarama. He's self-satisfied with love. He's pulled by love. He gravitates toward love. Don't we all? It's only natural. It's just intrinsic in the soul. So Krishna, Krishna is looking for that. So Prabhupada makes a point. He's inferring here that Vedanta must be there, knowledge, but bhakti has to be there, bhakti Vedanta. So when one has that Bhagavan realization, it includes all the other aspects of Brahman and Paramatma with the added essence of bhakti in that Bhagavan realization. And that's why Prabhupada makes the point, yes, sentiment, feeling, that path must be there. But sometimes, or most times, it can be a problem because feeling alone will not support us. That sentiment will not support us. Because what happens after a while, how long can this feeling last, especially if we're, in, if we're novices? It can turn into mere sentimentalism, as Prabhupada says, or fanaticism, sahajiya tendencies, where we worship the Lord cheap, cheaply and inevitably deviations come about. We make deviations in the mind or subtly or intellectually, intellectual dishonesty. And in, in that way, um, it becomes a very cheap affair for us. So Prabhupada said, that one should take, one should be very, very uh, concerned about expanding and developing one's shravanam, shravanam and kirtanam. Shravanam means hearing, and that hearing process includes study, study of the scriptures. It's very, very important because not only can we become fanatical or sentimental without, without any strong foundation, of knowledge, and this knowledge, this gyan knowledge, is not like the impersonalist gyan. This is knowledge about Krishna. When the gyan is referred to here, it means knowledge of Krishna, knowledge of Krishna's qualities, pastimes, activities, and so on. So it's very important, Prabhupada's making this point, bhakti must be there, and, um, and knowledge must be there, because doubts can enter our minds and make us leave the practice of Krishna consciousness. So there's some, there's so many quotes where Prabhupada, he emphasizes repeatedly that one should study, one should study the scriptures, one should hear, one should engage in this shravanam process. This is not like the jnana of, of the impersonalist. This is different. This is an essential part of a limb of bhakti called shravanam. So there's some, a few quotes I gathered together where Prabhupada is answering different devotees' letters about the necessity of engaging in this shravanam process so we can, we can do service in a meaningful way. In one letter to Hamsadutta, he says, Hamsadutta was a leader at the time, he's saying, I want you leaders especially to become absorbed in the philosophy of Bhagavad Gita, Srimad Bhagavatam, and become yourselves completely con convinced and free from all doubt. Because how can we preach to others if we ourselves 
are not convinced. It'll show through, it's very transparent. People can see. Sometimes we're just regurgitating something in a parrot-like fashion mechanically. And it shows that this person, this person is stressed out, you know? So he's saying, yes, you should become convinced and free from our all doubt. Healer, heal thyself. On this platform, you should be able to carry on the work satisfactorily. But if there is a lack of knowledge, and this is not the gyan of the, the uh, pseudo-yogis, this is the gyan of Krishna knowledge, vigyan. If there is a lack of knowledge and, or if there is forgetfulness, everything will be spoiled in time. So especially you must encourage the students to read our books and inspire them to study the things from every point of view, like discuss these topics threadbare. That is the best progress. Better to boil the milk very vigorously and make it, make it thick and sweet. So let us concentrate on training our devotees very thoroughly in the knowledge of Krishna consciousness from our books, from tapes, by discussing always, and in so many ways instruct them in the right propositions. Then there is another letter here. <clears throat> this one is to Her Grace Satyapama, where he says, Prabhupada Singh, you are experiencing some doubts that you cannot believe that Krishna from Krishna book can be the Supreme Personality of Godhead. That it must be like some fairy tale. To clear up these things, best remedies to discuss amongst yourselves and all members regularly, all our books in classes. Then these doubts will be killed. Without reading books, it becomes hackneyed and such obnoxious ideas trouble us. Our thoughts are always changing. That is the nature of the mind. So you cannot expect that even the great saintly persons are free from thoughts coming and going. But after thinking, there is feeling and willing. Willing being the stage of putting the thoughts into action. So if we are able to employ our intelligence, then we will kill the thoughts before they become manifest in activity. But because we are so much inclined to enjoy something unintelligently, we have to therefore sharpen our intelligence daily by reading and discussing and preaching to others. In this way, we are able very easily to defeat all challengers to our philosophy and everything becomes very clear as it is revealed from different angles of vision. Krishna makes a promise to one who is striving to serve him sincerely, that he will give such devotee the intelligence by which he may come to him. Therefore, we should always pray that Krishna kindly, kindly provide me the intelligence to kill all demons of doubt. And because he, under, he understands the heart of his sincere devotee, Immediately he gives assistance. So we take the words of the pure devotee to heart. When we are praying to Krishna very earnestly, he understands our heart and he immediately gives assistance. In the Bhagavad Gita itself, 
Krishna, um, Krishna tells Arjuna, he said, these, these demons, he call, uh, doubts, he calls them demons, with the weapon of knowledge, slash these demons of doubt. So Shravanam, this knowledge is very, very important to enhance the quality of our bhakti. So we spoke about Krishna being Rasaraj, the, uh, the king of all Rasas, and everyone has their own individual Rasa with Krishna, and he reciprocates very, very sweetly. And we saw in the prayers of the great mystics here, they spoke about uh, usually what great, uh, not all great mystics, but some, like the yogis, the yogeshwaras, they're mentioned here, that um, they worship the super soul in the heart. We spoke about Krishna uh, Prabhupada in the purport. He is explaining the difference between the Gyan, Mishra, Bhakti, Yogis, and these impersonalist monists. The impersonalist monists, they want to merge into the Brahman effulgence. They don't want to engage in Bhakti and devotional service. And he points out these great mystics, the ones who are Bhaktas, Bhaktas, that they engage in devotional service and they're still not completely pure, but they are very, very dear to Krishna. All these four categories, people who surrender to Krishna, Krishna appreciates them. And he appreciates the more one has bhakti, the, the dearer one is to Krishna. So much so that it may seem that one is not very conversant with full knowledge of Krishna. But if he has love and faith, then Krishna, Krishna favors him. That's why Krishna is called Bhaktavatsala. And we concluded by saying that this gyan, it's not to be given up. It has to be used in the service of Krishna. So we don't engage in gyan to amass uh, material knowledge or education per se. That is there. And we can use that in our daily life and activities, the things of the world. We don't reject this knowledge, but we put it in its proper place on the desk, in the box. We use all the knowledge we have, but this special knowledge, this nectar of knowledge of Krishna, we should cultivate it and engage more in the shravanam process to improve the quality of our offering to Krishna. So I'll stop here. If there are any questions, comments, or reflections? Hare Krishna, Mother Parameshri. Thanks for class. I was just thinking on that last point you were sharing, uh, what came to my mind was how Prabhupada, uh, in a very dynamic and, um, yeah, in a very dynamic way, how he engaged devotees like Sadaputta Prabhu and uh, Bhakti Srub Damodar Maharaj. Um, you have Gopi Pranadana Prabhu, Hridananda Maharaj, these various devotees who were scientists, scholars. And uh, from a very young age, he engaged them you know, that tendency they had for science and physics and math and Sanskrit and uh, really engaged them dynamically. So I was just appreciating that point you brought up, how the Acharya, the spiritual master can see that potential and then right away engage it in service of the uh, Parampara and Krishna. Very nice, thank you. Yes, one of the qualities of the guru, the spiritual master is he can discern the psychophysical nature 
of the disciple and engage him in accordingly. I'm thinking of Guru Maharaj, Satyut Maharaj. You know, he was always a writer and a poet. And Prabhupada encouraged him that you should write, you should write books. And he's been writing prolifically ever since. That's his forty. <laughs> so thank you for that. I have a question. Yes, Vijay Krishna Prabhu. That if I may. But if a senior devotee wants to go first, I can wait. Okay, so I go ahead. Um, Mataji, uh, 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 my, my question is related to the purport where I, fi where I find the following passage. Uh, quote, the particular significance of this verse is that the Lord is addressed as Vatsala. Vatsala means always favorably disposed, end quote. So um, as a, a very short introduction to my question, I need to say the following. Um, let's imagine, if I, if I may say it, that I am in the presence of two human beings, two persons. One is being favored by the Lord, and the other one is not being favored by the Lord. So uh, my question is, in terms of behavior, what is the difference in terms of day-to-day uh, -day life, practical behavior? What is the difference between these two persons? Uh, and also, in what way the favor of the Lord molds the life of a human being, of a devotee. Hmm. Could you repeat that last sentence, please? Um, this is to reinforce my question. In what way the favor of the Lord can mold the life of a human being, of a person, of a devotee? What, what changes are are there to, to happen in the life of a person who is being favored uh, by the Lord? Actually, everyone is favored by the Lord. He's always favorably disposed. It reminds me of the relationship between parents and children. It may seem sometimes that the child is naughty or rebellious. Um, the restrictions or constraints imposed upon the child may seem that it may look like the parent is not uh, favorably disposed, but the parent may be punitive like that, administering correction, correctional measure, measures. And that's the way of showing favor that the child um, has to go through some sort of restraint or constraint the space is limited, whether it's physically, geographically, or mentally. So that favor is there. And he might become even more uh, resentful and, and stubborn. But um, someone who is who can understand that this is for my own good and that I should learn le a lesson from it, like the devotees, 
their behavior, it can be seen in their behavior because they have a different response, a different attitude. Whereas you might find people who become atheistic, or oh, how can there be a God when there's so much evil in the world, this problem of evil, there, there is no God and they become, they just give up and become so cynical and disillusioned and become atheistic and they, they fling themselves and sometimes, you know, into uh, materialism. So sometimes that's the behavior of those who uh, do not choose the, the response a devotee, a bhakta would. The devotee, on the other hand, you'll see this so-called evil and adversities in life as, um, as very proper and very favorable <laughs> on the Lord's part, that my Lord is helping me naturally because of my bad attitude, which has been extant since time immemorial. Um, because of that, I have to go through, because I have to suffer these karmic reactions. But thank you, my Lord. I am very aware that you are minimizing this reaction and mitigating my distress. So the devotee is thankful and he's always open to learning. And he's, he's very much open. He's very much receptive. And he wants to be obedient. We want to be obedient. We want to be in line with what the spiritual master tells us. We want, we want to please Krishna. So the bhakta, he has that attitude and it shows in his life. He, uh, a devotee is a jolly person. Prabhupada says he's a jolly person. He has a very optimistic view. It's not as though he's an illusion, but he has a genuine optimistic view, although it might seem <clears throat> to onlookers, it might seem to be pessimistic, but pessimistic of the world of engaging in sense gratification. So there's a gulf of difference in the vision of these two persons, one who supposedly is an unfavorable, he's not in Krishna's favor, and then those who are in Krishna's favor. But sometimes the devotees seem to be out of favor of the Lord. And then those who are non-devotees, they taunt you and mock you like Job in the Bible, like, where's your God now? Look at you, you're suffering like anything. Where's your God? Why does he help you? There's examples of so many devotees in the Bhagavatam. You know, the Pandavas, so many devotees, Prahlad Maharaj, and their response, their behavior is completely different from the non-devotee who's snaring and scoffing and uh, atheistic in his demeanor. Would anyone like to add anything to that? Thank you, Mataji, for your answer. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Prabhu. Any comments or reflections yet? Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Hare Krishna, Prabhu. Obeisances. Hi, obeisances as well. Thank you very much. Um, I was thinking about um, how when Krishna sent Uddhava to Vrindavan. He wanted them to see the intimacy of the, uh, the love, you know, that the residents of Vrindavan have for Krishna. And um, 
he wanted to teach Uddhava that uh, through um, the example of that love that um, Krishna is so um, much um, favorable towards those residents because of, of their love. And like Prabhupada was saying in the purport, I mean, they may not, they're cow, simple coward girls and they may not seem to be, you know, so knowledgeable, but um, they, they have everything, you know, they have that pure topmost love. And so Uddhava learns through them all about um, that love and why, you know, Krishna is so much appreciative of them, Bhaktivatsal. And then at the same time, you know, a very good friend, like Uddhava's really good friend of Krishna, and um, I guess cousin, anyway. So like Arjuna, very good friend, you know, cousin, brother. Um, Arjuna, he, um, you know, in the intimacy of his relationship with, with Krishna, Arjuna is, um, you know, he says he's doing so many things, joking with him and this and that. But now in the Bhagavad Gita, he wants to, um, you know, he wants to be a disciple. In other words, it seems like he wants to be um, more formal and he wants to learn, you know, he wants to learn from Krishna but he, it seems like he's taking on a, a you know, kind of more formal role to, um, to learn from, from Krishna. So it's like Uddhava, he's, he's supposed to learn through this example of intimacy. And then Arjuna is supposed to kind of um, take a role of not being the intimate friend, but becoming the disciple. To, to really understand Krishna's love for him and everyone through the instructions of the Gita. So anyway, I was just thinking of that and I, I was just wondering if you would have any reflections yourself about, um, about that. <laughs> that specific part where Arjuna assumes the role of a disciple uh, yeah, uh, any aspect of that, what I was just speaking, I, I just would like to hear some reflection. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, from what you said, I'm just thinking that um, although he's a pure devotee, he's a liberated devotee, and he's acting this part as though he's an illusion here. He's helping us in this drama that's being worked out between uh, him and Krishna. He's showing the importance, the importance of being, um, having our feeling, our sentiment of bhakti, backed by knowledge. If we look at the structure of the Bhagavad Gita, we see in the middle of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, devotional service is extolled, um, it's recommended, and then the, the rest of the Bhagavad Gita toward the end, Krishna, Krishna goes more into Gyan, uh, discussing about Gyan and the import. We see that why is it there at the end? You know, we remember usually what's at the end of a talk or a reading, because that is so very important. So um, 
<clears throat> Arjuna, he's supporting, he's supporting that aspect also, and he's showing, he's showing us here that we must have knowledge also that it it it, it doesn't bhakti is self-sufficient in itself, like we see the case with the South Indian Brahmin. He had a basic foundational knowledge of bhakti. He understood the philosophy. And he could explain to Lord Chaitanya why he was crying, looking at the cover of the Bhagavad Gita. Lord Chaitanya, people were mocking this Brahmin who was illiterate. And then uh, Lord Chaitanya said, you're feeling some sentiment, some emotion, intense emotion here, looking at this Bhagavad Gita. Why? And then he was explaining very philosophically, very knowledgeably. He was explaining that I'm so overwhelmed seeing the suit personality of Godhead, God himself, acting in such a menial position as his devotees' charity. It just overwhelms me. I can't get over it. And then Lord Chaitanya said, this, this is the true reader. This is a true scholar. This is the real devotee. So yes, um, knowledge has its place. It, it helps also as an auxiliary to support us, especially when we're not convinced and we have doubts. It, it helps us, and Arjuna is showing that he's illustrating, now I'm ready to listen, now I'm ready to learn, I'm ready to gain this knowledge. He already is friendly. He has a, a friendly relationship, Sakya, with Krishna. So that, that love, that love is already there, and we have proof of his love. He chose Krishna who refused to fight, rather than Krishna's armies, which Duridan, uh, he very gleefully lapped up for himself, Krishna's Narayana, uh, invincible Narayana's army. So that love is already there, and we're seeing that love also is complemented with the gyan that Krishna is about to um, expound to him. So I got that from what you were saying. Thank you. Thank you very much, Hopal. Hare Krishna. Anyone else? If not, we can end here. Enjoy your day um, delving into the sweet oceanic nectar of the Bhagavad Gita as it is. Right. Thank you very much. Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Nitai go premanandi. Hari Hari Bo. Hari Bo. Patita. Pavanabhyo. Vaishnavibhyo. Namo Namaha.